Hello everybody, this is Courtney Drake McDonough. I'm the managing editor and publisher of realfoodtraveler.com, a digital culinary travel magazine. And I welcome you back for another Real Food Traveler podcast. And today we are visiting with Sarah Sargent, who is in Park City, Utah, where my husband and I recently got to visit. And we got to meet Sarah when we visited her Alpine Pie Bar, which is a really unique experience, one of many wonderful experiences in Park City and we had such a good time talking to Sarah and learning more about her and her husband's business and about the pie bar that I literally said to her mid-sentence we need to do a podcast with you so I'm, I'm so glad that she agreed and and so we, I welcome Sarah Sargent. Well thank you for having me I'm yeah. glad to be here. Yeah. So, Sarah, tell us what your uh, title is, and then you've got two businesses going, really, and the pie bar is part of that. Yes. So, my husband and I own Alpine Distilling. So, with Alpine Distilling, I do a little bit of everything, but my main job is botanical manager, and I do craft uh, some of our gin. We have a main summit gin, our Alpine Summit gin, that has gone uh, to highest-ranking U.S. gin, and we do that. That is our, our main product of gin from the distillery, but... With the pie bar, we make thousands of gins, and I know we'll get into that shortly. Um, I do own Alpine Distilling with my husband, Rob Sargent. Uh, he is the managing director, and he's also a distiller. He, um, he's done a wonderful job with all of our uh, brown spirits, our whiskeys, things like that. So he really um, oversees all that. And he has the, um, the Kentucky lineage as um, his family's been there for hundreds of years. So Alpine Distilling came about before the pie bar, correct? Yes. Rob and I, um, we, we have three boys. Um, we have still two at home, little kids in the house. But we wanted to make something, and Rob had this dream of doing what his family had done, whether just moonshining or distilling on part of the farm in, in Kentucky, that uh, he wanted to make something. And so we really just were talking about it one night, and our first product, our preserved liqueur, came about a conversation on the back porch as we were watching the sunset <laughs> and um that kind of began that and then alpine distilling we opened our doors to the public in park city back in 2017 and then the pie bar came about in in 2019 so relatively new businesses then yes yes because there's a lot of work that goes into a distillery before you actually open the distillery so there were years and years of, of projects and whiskey making and and permitting and approvals before we could actually open our doors to the public. And it's been really great so far, and we're very excited to be part of the Park City community. Obviously, we, we raise our children here. We are we are a green business, and all of our products are OU kosher certified, and a portion of all of our products go back to local nonprofits. So we really we enjoy being part of the Park City community, and yeah, we're just very excited. Well, and and it shows. I, I everywhere we went in Park City, you know, different restaurants and stuff, and visiting um, hotels to check them out. Your distillery kept coming up in conversation, or I would see the products in the bar. So you're definitely very well embedded there, and and that's really neat to see. So let's talk just a little bit more about Alpine Distilling and some of the spirits you make there. Right. So um, at Alpine Distilling, we we kind of have we have a whole portfolio of products. We have our uh, vodka, which is the basis for our liqueurs, and our vodka is actually it is a UOP Olympic vodka. Comes in a beautiful bottle, and it is a um, fundraiser for the Utah Olympic Park. It's a gold medal winning, top fifty. And it's important because obviously it's a basis for our liqueurs. And we have 
two liqueurs. We have our preserved liqueur, which is uh, platinum award-winning. It's black tea, blood orange, candied raspberry, and lemon balm with a little bit of ginger. It's great to go in all sorts of cocktails by itself, soda, tonic. It really is. Um, in Shanghai, they call it ketchup. It just mm-hmm. uh, makes everything better. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we also have a, a, a digestive liqueur, but um, where we focus is our gin, our um, Alpine Summit Gin, which is done very well. We do um, pure vapor extraction and what really kind of led into us sharing the gin experience that we do at the Alpine Pie Bar, which I know we'll talk about more. Mm-hmm. But where a lot of our success lies is my husband, Rob, is an executive bourbon steward and has a long lineage out of Kentucky. And um, he makes wonderful whiskeys. And mm-hmm. he has a single malt. It's called Traveler's Rest, which is done very well um, around the world. They have a a spur whiskey, which is a blend of our Traveler's Rest single malt whiskey and our bourbon, kind of lending um, itself to Rob's lineage in Kentucky. We have um, a a favorite. One of our our main products is our Lafayette. It's a spiced bourbon whiskey, and it... uh, it's enhanced with apricot, primrose, and cinnamon, and it's um, it's delightful. We did a gin flight when we were there with you, and they were just amazing. And, you know, we, we'll probably talk about this when we talk about the gin experience, but one thing that really fascinates me is how you came to choose the elements that you did, you know, like cardamom and ginger root and orange peel. I mean, how does one choose what's going to go into it that's going to make it full-bodied and, you know, really taste wonderful? That's the great part about gin. With your with your whiskeys, they're, they're that typical mash bill. You, you create your recipe, and then you do that, and you do that, and, and it's just the way that it is and and so whiskey is wonderful in that but with gin there are thousands of recipes the the beauty of gin is that you start with this base and you really you are your own chef you you create and create so with our gin obviously with which kind of led to the gin experience you're you're making small batches you're trying you're working on your recipe all these things take time and then when you dial it in you know you've got it so for us expanding into the the gin experience really came from us crafting the gin that, that we have as, as part of our Alpine distilling portfolio. And it's fun. The, the great thing about gin, too, is you can make a gin and you can have it later that night. Now, hmm. it's great if it settles for a little bit of time, you let it sit and rest, but you really can enjoy it that night if you wanted to. You know, with whiskey, you know, it just comes off the, the still clear, and then you put it in the barrel, and that's where the excitement happens. And it takes time. But with gin, it, it's immediate. It's really amazing to see how botanicals come together, whether they're they're dry, they're fresh, all these different components, and um, and obviously the weights and how you mix them. And it's exciting. And, and I think that's for us. We found it fun and exciting, and so we thought other people would too. And so that's, that's where we started with that. So what is it about gin that lends itself to being such a blank palette, so to speak? Well, gin is exciting, and it's been around for a really long time. Distilling, actually, even started in Babylonian time for medicinal purposes or trying to find the elixir of life and all about, you know, in search of gold, things like that. And gin 
started as kind of a medicine, you know, found it at juniper can, you know, it, it helps with jaundice, it helps with impotence, all these things. And juniper actually is, is one of those botanicals. Juniper really lends itself to just, it makes you feel better. Yeah, you go from there and it really, you find that you can mix so many things. Like it's really, you can kind of geek out about it forever. <laughs> but you, you basically start with this neutral spirit. You add in the juniper and depending on where you pull your juniper from, so there's juniper all around. We like to pull our juniper from Croatia because it has a longer growing season. It's softer. And so for our gin experience, that then lends itself to even more possibilities because it's not that strong Christmas tree flavor. Mm-hmm. It's, it's light and it, it lends itself to being friendlier with a, with a myriad of botanicals. And so it is, your, your question is great because what makes gin gin, well, it really, it's endless. Mm. They, and, and so there, there's so many wonderful gins in the world and there's always room for more because it really, it's just exciting. It's like, it's just like creating a, a new dessert. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's so cool. And I, I know a lot of people are, you know, like, no, I'm a vodka person. I don't like gin. I've always been gin person and I really, I love it. And I really, really loved yours. I mean, you could really taste the freshness and the, the variety and complexity in them just on their own. And then when we had them with a cocktail, it, you know, it was just even better. So that's really interesting to find out why gin's a little bit different. You know, I wanted to, to step back just a little bit because I know you talked about how how you and Rob came to be in the business, but I'm always interested to know how people experience-wise and education-wise got into distilling. So can you tell us a little bit about your backgrounds that kind of led you to this making perfect sense for, for both of you? Yeah. So Rob started out many, many moons ago, I like to say, <laughs> um, with a culinary background. That That is originally his background, and uh, he went to culinary school in Louisiana, <laughs> And knew that uh, he just he wanted to know more about it. He had experiences. His father was in the Navy for over thirty years and was a, a dentist in the Navy and was uh, worked for the embassy in London. So Rob went to high school in London and then went on to college in Munich, Germany. And really, in his formative years, he saw like the food and how that was being prepared in London and how that was changing. And now it's quite the food city. All these years later, we're going back to the eighties now at this point. But yeah, it really was. There was there was a moment there and a spark. And you know, obviously, he saw grown ups, professionals drinking gin, things like that. Fast forward, he comes back to the United States and decides to do a degree in, with a culinary background to move forward. And he's he's done many things, but he loves he loves to cook. He loves to make things. He loves to put things together. And and that's why I talked about that sunset where. Um, we just wanted to get, get our, our hands back into something, and he had that background. So it really was fun as he, he watched the sunset, and he's like, I see candied raspberry, I see mm-hmm. lemon balm, I see ginger. And it really just became, you know, a passion and a, and a love for him to get his hands dirty. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it kind of it came true with the whiskeys and, and the other products. It's just been an adventure of what flavors go together and why and 
That's really cool. I, lo- I love that the sunset story. That's wonderful. I'll never look at the sunset quite the same way again. I'll think of it in terms of, of foodie things. So so then the Alpine Pie Bar specifically, when my husband and I went in there, first of all, we weren't expecting that it was going to be downstairs, sort of spe- speakeasy-ish. And then Pie Bar, we were thinking, okay, so there's going to be like a bunch of pies on the bar. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow alcohol will be involved. We weren't quite sure how. And the whole thing was just not at all what we expected. I mean, it was speakeasy-ish, and there were pies available on the menu to choose from, but it, it's a really unique thing. Well, my, my husband's a pie fan, and <laughs> he's like, who doesn't like pie? <laughs> <laughs> I know people that we always talk about that, too, is um, when we meet people, like, are you a pie person or are you a cake person? And um, to our single friends, we're always like, that's a question you should ask. Because if you both like pie, you know you're destined to make it. But, uh, <laughs> but we, we like pie. And, um, you know, if, if you're not happy by, by having a nice cocktail or an old-fashioned and a slice of pie, then you're just not happy. And um, so we wanted to do something different because in Park City, there are many wonderful restaurants. And that is the great thing about Park City is we're a small mountain town, but we have so many people coming in, so it allows for all this great creativity and so many choices. And we wanted to offer something that was a little different. And so by doing pie and cocktails, we can be that extension of your living room. We can be that place you come to after, you know, a day of skiing or biking or mountain biking, things like that. And come in and, and have a nice little cocktail or a mocktail or a, a beer or a glass of wine and uh, enjoy some pie. We could be that spot, like in your case, and you guys came to visit, you know, after after a dinner, before a show, things like that. We're just that little, that extension where a place to come and sit that doesn't have to be formal. You can stay as long as you want. You can stay as short as you want. And you can even expand that experience by, by making a gin. So you've got the flights there that people can do. You've got a full range of cocktails, and you've got the pie. So for somebody coming into Alpine Pie Bar, what do you suggest they do? Like do a flight first or just go straight into the cocktails or what? So once you come down the stairs and go to the red curtain, yeah, just you make yourself at home. And one of our, we have amazing bartending staff. We have a handful of bartenders that are there. And actually, we brought in a corporate mixologist out of Vegas, and Hanya does an amazing job of crafting cocktails, as does Caleb and Ben and Megan, and they they work on crafting cocktails with our products and other local products made throughout the state and really make it seasonal, make it special. And if you don't see something on the menu that jumps out at you, they'll do something, you know, something different or ask you, what do you like? You know, do you like gin? Do you like this? And so when you come in, have a seat. You know, try the flight. We have a, a whole new menu layout, new since last time we saw each other, that comes in and tells a little bit more about the products and has then the flight. So it gives you, you have some literature in addition to our bartending staff that can pretty much answer any question that you'll have. And, yeah, try a little flight. It gives you a sampling, and then you can go from there. Or you can just come down and go straight into a cocktail. We have, you know, just the, the cocktails are always changing and um, ever-evolving, you know, enjoy a slice of pie with a little bit of cheddar cheese on the side. Yeah, so let, let's talk about the pie. So um, where where do you get it from, and what are some of the kinds that you typically serve there? So our, our pie 
ties are made in town and actually just like a mile and a half from the from the pie bar and Emily kind of changes it up we talk about what we're doing our classic is a bourbon pecan pie which has our Lafayette spiced bourbon whiskey in it that's that's always on the menu because we're big fans of pecan pie mm-hmm. and especially a bourbon pecan pie but we we run through we have an apple pie a peach pie a triple berry pie when in season also we do um, a rhubarb pie that's delicious. And then as we get in, like, you know, during the winter months, we have a chess pie, or we kind of get into, um, there's a pumpkin pie, which is quite nice, and obviously that has its, its season. But we really just kind of rotate through what's close, with the bourbon pecan always being on the menu. Mm-hmm. And a newest addition, which is very exciting, we just kind of started sharing this about a couple weeks ago, we have caramels now. Mm. We have a, a lovely lady, um, Phyllis, who owns Tandem Chocolates, she was in Park City, and now she's located in Reno, and she took our Lafayette Spice Bourbon Whiskey and turned it into a caramel, and it ended up winning Best in Show, four stars at the um, Chocolatier in Italy, and now it's done very well. So we have these little, nice little bite-sized delights that, uh, you know, we keep under that classic little glass jar that we bring out onto the bar every day, and... Mm -hmm. um, so now we've expanded. We have pie, but we also have a, a, a caramel if you're interested. So. Wow, that sounds amazing. <laughs> That's great. We had the pecan pie, and, and I consider myself a pecan pie aficionado, and it was the best I've ever had. It was just amazing. <laughs> and and the, the slice of cheddar cheese, I wouldn't have thought about that. I mean, you think of cheese on apple pie, but it totally went with the, the pecan pie and with our our cocktails. I was really surprised how well everything went together. You wouldn't have been surprised, obviously, because you planned it that way, but it was such a treat. It was so good. So let's do talk about the gin experience there. You told us about that, and I thought that just sounded amazing. I'd be like a kid in a candy shop doing that. So tell us more about that. Yeah, so our, our gin experience, it's two, two and a half hour experience. And what we do is we bring individuals in. We have nine Lambic stills that are made, handmade in Portugal from a family that's been doing it for a very, very long time. So we have these beautiful little miniature stills, which really allow us to then create a bottle of gin in this, this two, two and a half hour experience. It depends on how interested the gin makers are because we can really geek out on some stuff. So every experience is a little bit different. We have a, a format that we follow because we want to talk about gin. Where does it come from? Introduce you to the botanicals that we have, what we're going to do. And then obviously it takes some time to distill that gin on site. It's really fun because every time is a little different, like I said, but we follow this, this path and it's fun to watch people's faces because we do get people that come in there like, Oh, I'm not a gin fan. But I came in because I really wanted to try this. And then they leave and go, go oh, my gosh, mind-blowing. Now I know where it comes from. Mm-hmm. I know what I like because we, we sample gin. We try gin. We talk about it. Smell aroma sticks to kind of give us a, an idea of where does that smell? Where, where does flavor come from? And when you can start pinpointing different smells and tie it in, it really it gives you that well-rounded knowledge where you're like, oh, okay, I like this because of this. I don't like this because of this. And then it really, it leads one knowing more and really feeling like they could share something. So it's exciting. When we were there, there were all these jars full of different botanicals, some of which I'd never even heard of before. But are, are those what people take from to create the gin? Yeah, so, so for 
haven't been to the pie bar yet, you can understand it's it's this small speakeasy room that is like a bar. It kind of looks like a living room. We've got old family photos. <laughs> and then you look into this, what almost looks like an operating room. There's clear glass and it's white tile and you've got these stills. And like you, you just mentioned, all these botanicals and jars, you know, it's very, it's very a science driven mm-hmm. on the other side of this glass wall you can see into. And we have we have about thir- over 30 botanicals. We have to kind of keep it so it doesn't, you know, we, we want to appreciate our people's time so we could we could be there for hours and hours and hours. But so we have about 30 botanicals, obviously with juniper, coriander, then we have like our nice binders like a ginger and orris and angelica root. And then it kind of goes on from there where we have a bunch of things like cinnamon and cucumber. We have rose hips cardamom and you know even grains of paradise and then of course we do have some really interesting ones because we when we make gins in groups we still go down there and distill like i will we'll have different events and i may put on one or two extra stills depending on how big the group is and just kind of play around and see with different herbs or flowers or things that we pick up and just see if it might be a nice addition hmm. to to the lineup does anybody ever go home and and then come back to you and say, well, the gin I made was just horrible? <laughs> that's, that's a great question. And so far, so good. Knock on wood. We haven't had anybody have that uh, have that problem because what is what is great and what we offer that is unique and different is both my husband and I are distillers. I actually hold a diploma in gin out of Scotland on the second American to do so, wow. which you know, makes us unique, but our team, the team that we have that works on this, because a lot of times you'll come in and you'll get me, or you'll get Rob, and, you know, even if you get Jason or whoever is part of the team, we have a small but mighty team that runs this because we we know what we're going to do. We guide people to create a successful gin. We ask people, well, what kind of gin do you like if they like gin? Do they like it heavy, medium, light, which guides us on how much juniper, how much, you know, cardamom, how much... And then if they say, you know what, I really like lavender, and that's one of the choices, we'll be like, okay, great. Well, with our knowledge and the the botanical history that we have and what we know, we can guide one, okay, well, you're going to want to go this path, or let's go a little bit lighter on this and smell this, because you get to hold the botanicals. You can smell them. You can taste them before we, we put them into your gin. And then as the distillation process happens, individuals try it on the front end, the middle of the distillation run, and then on the back end. And they know what their gin tastes like. And then we cut it with pure mountain spring water that we bring in from our distillery. And then you can leave with it. So it's, it's exciting because there, there aren't too many surprises. You know, you then become, you're kind of like the, the right hand to the distiller. Mm. And you know everything that happens along the, the way. Normally for us, the calls we get are people, we just finished our gin. We need to come back and make more. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> well, do they walk away? That's a really good point. Do they walk away with a recipe so that they could come back and replicate it? So that's what's exciting. They do and they don't, and I'll explain further. So when you come in for a gin experience, we have, you know, information. We go through everything, but you get, like, a little recipe card. So as we're talking about the botanicals in the little front portion class section, we, we go through them. You can smell them. You can taste them. And then it's kind of like you get to mark off which ones you know you want because we'll have a handful of people at a time, and then each person comes up individually to make air botanicals that we put, and then we add them to the still. So it's really kind of a, a beautiful symphony of how we rotate through all this. 
Yeah, people, um, they get a little rusty card, but they we don't put the weights on there. We don't put how much of each, because sometimes we'll have people come in there, so they're like, this could be your next gin. And, uh, <laughs> and we're like, well, maybe, maybe not, because there's no way to replicate it. Mm-hmm. You could, we could do it, we could weigh it, but every time's going to be a little bit different. And we've had, we've had couples, um, there's a couple from, that comes in from London and they've come in and made a few gins now and everyone is, it's different. You know, the uh, friends of ours, Wit and Stan, they came and they made a gin and, and, and it was heavy in the cinnamon and it was, it, it was amazing. And they polished it off and they came back and, and they wanted to make another one and they're like, so what was our recipe? And I was like, I don't know. because i i think well what's part of the whole reason for the alpine pie bar is an experience and and that's what i think is is people we're striving for our experiences you could buy things you can do things but it's what makes it special is that you can come in and do something that it would be different every time Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, for our gin or our products that we make and sell through our distillery, it's very fine-tuned. Like, everything, it, it's meticulous down to the point so that we can keep that, that product the same every single time. And, and that's what's beautiful in that. But with the gin experience, it's unique, and it is different every time. So, you know, people can come, but their experience is going to be a little bit different than that other group because someone may have a question that triggers it in a whole different way. Or sometimes we have groups that come in and they are very specific on what they want. Or we'll have, you know, gin experts in their own field, and they have something they want. But I think it's fun because you'll know what you put in it. We have these great bottles. You can write on the label. You have your, your little recipe card that you've, you've put together and that you've selected from, and that goes home with you. But it's different every time, and that's part of what we feel really makes the experience. Mm-hmm. Are people eating pie during this time or snacking on things? <laughs> well, we, we start, we're, we're, we're pie-free on the front end, especially <laughs> when we're smelling or tasting botanicals. Mm-hmm. We want people to focus on um, just getting those smells in. And, and you know, I've ha- I have had a people with a bite of pie in their mouth, but then they're like, oh, no, no, I can't smell you mm-hmm. know, properly. Normally we start, people can grab a cocktail if they like. We talk a little bit about what we're going to do and how we're going to do it in that introductory and then we get into the botanicals, and then that first little bit takes some time, and then once we put all the botanicals into each of the stills, then we come by and people have pie, they have cocktails, they have whatever they're going to have, and we talk more about gin. We answer those questions, and then we, we are trying their gin off the stills. They can see how the change happens. Mm-hmm. through the actual distillation process because we're doing it on a little micro scale. But what's great is we can do that and give that glimpse into what major distillation is like and what we're looking for on a bigger scale, but something that people can see and taste and touch right then. Mm-hmm. going to sound silly now, but the stills are so cute. They just really are. They're just little tabletop things. <laughs> they are cute. They are <laughs> I think it's kind of funny is I, you got, I take little pictures of them all the time or when people come in, I'm like, here, I'll take a little picture because they are this cute little version of it. And sometimes we get people come in and they're like, wow, so I, I, I bought your product in, in Florida or I bought your product in New York. And they're like, is this why you're making it? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, no, I promise you, six miles from here, there is a big distillery. So actually in our little distillation area, there are pictures. Well, there's lots of family pictures but mm-hmm. of all the distillers throughout the years. But we do have pictures of, of the real stills, and, and what we do offer 
to the guests is that um, they're always more than welcome to come to the distillery and see what's happening. And while Tyler and Rob and the rest of the team are distilling and doing what what we all do best, you know, people can come in and see that. We're we're very transparent. Like even when you come into the distillery, you you come in to this little welcoming area, and um, our walls are made of old old barrels. And you can see through windows right to where the distillation is, right to where the bottling is. And mm-hmm. so it's exciting because people come in, they're like, oh, wow. So, yes, I, I would think that's kind of fun because people people will be like, those little stills are so cute. <laughs> How do you make all those big bottles? So. <laughs> very, very slowly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what are they, you mentioned the name of them. What are they called again? They're little alambic stills um, out of Portugal. The family that's been doing it, that I think they're a tenth generation in in making the stills. And what's what's exciting is these little stills and how cute they are are actually have the same permitting as our big stills, hmm. which is is one of those things because it's still it's a still and it and it makes product. And so hmm. it is. They they are super cute on their little burners, but. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> And we we took a bunch of pictures of them because we thought they were so cute. So we'll be we'll be sharing those too, so people can see what we're talking about ahead of time. So you have mentioned a couple times about family and Rob's family and the legacy, and and there definitely are a lot of really wonderful old family photos around um, in the Alpine Bar. So obviously, family is important to to you guys, and you have kids. Do you hope that they're going to go into the family business? You know, they um. They're aware of it, and um, they they obviously know what we're doing. But really, for for Rob, the whole one of the purposes of doing this is that we wanted to show our kids, you know, what hard work is going into a business and then operating from a place of integrity. Rob and I are very much so. We we are in, in the community. We are part of the community. We have a responsibility as a local business. Just not how we run our business, but what products we use and how we use them. And so if our if our boys got into the filling, that would be great. You know, they, they would have a lot of knowledge going into it. But really, for us, um, and part of why we got into this business is we just wanted to create a life that was meaningful and fulfilling. And what's exciting is every day is exciting because, you know, we're, we're rolling barrels, we're pulling botanicals, you know, we're, we're mopping floors, all the stuff that goes into a business. And with Rob and I being happy in that hard work and the fruits of our labor paying off, we can share that with our kids. And they're like, oh, wow, you, you can do something and, and really be excited about it and enjoy it. That's such a great message and such a great lesson. And I mean, just talking to you that night that we were there, I mean, your passion for it really, really shows. And, you know, which is one of the reasons we we wanted to do a podcast with you, because, you know, you're more than just sort of trudging through a job. I mean, this really is a passion for you guys, and, and it comes through. So when people listen to this podcast, they'll either be listening just through their streaming services, you know, like iTunes and Spotify and, and whatnot, or they can be on our website, Real Food traveler.com listening to it which will be attached to an article that is going to have some photos on there so people can find out more about you linking through there to your website live link but for those just listening on a on their streaming services tell us a little bit more about how people can find you and have the gin experience and and maybe visit your distillery too when they come to town and in conjunction with going to the alpine pie bar Oh, that'd be great. Our website is alpinedistilling.com, 
the Pi Bar and Alpine Distilling both have um, Instagram and Facebook handles. Um, one would be the Alpine Distilling or Alpine Pi Bar. And that will give you, you know, glimpses, pictures, people when they come in. And, yeah, it lets you know what's happening, what we're doing. Well, like I said, we're always creating new cocktails. You never know who's going to come in. So it's always interesting. With Park City, there are people from all over the world coming in at any given time. So, yeah, it's exciting. And then the um, with the distillery, you can always come by. We are open to the public Tuesdays through Fridays. And then on Saturdays, um, Tyler, our head of operations, he, he does tours, and it's fun. It's a lot of fun because he comes from a background in beer prior to distilling, and he does a wonderful job. And his little uh, fur baby sidekick, Chester, is there, mm-hmm. so we, we now have a, a little dog in the distillery. He's yeah. so fun. It's his big little Chester. But, yeah, you can come through, and they'll show you how the, the stills work. They'll take you through. You can do a tasting. You can see more of those, you know, the infamous family photos from – the moonshining days, the different fam- the family farm and all the, the families that have been a part of that. But, yeah, just, just check us out on our website, alpinedistilling.com, or um, Facebook, Instagram, Alpine Pie Bar, or Alpine Distilling. Awesome. And if you come to our website, realfoodtraveler.com, we'll be linking to an article that we published on Basically, it was our itinerary that we followed over a long weekend in Park City and places we went to eat, where we stayed, things we saw and things we did, which, of course, included our visit to Alpine Pie Bar. So I suggest people check that article out, too, and it'll give you some ideas for where to start and things to do when you go and absolutely positively make Alpine Pie Bar and Alpine Distilling stops on there. And if you do, say hi to Rob and Sarah. They're there and let them know that you heard about it on realfoodtraveler.com. So Sarah, thank you so much for your time today and for helping me spread the word about you because I just think what you're doing is amazing and delicious and interesting and I wanted to make sure people knew about it. So thank you. Well, thank you, Courtney. It means a lot from the day that we met. This is, it's just been lovely to get to know you and, and what you're sharing and what you're doing. It really, um, I follow your site, so So thank you for adding us, adding us to that. It's really, it's an honor. So thank you so much. Wow, thank you. Thank you so much for all those kind words. So thanks and thank you to our listeners um, for listening to another Real Food Traveler podcast. And with that, cheers. Go have some wonderful pie and wonderful spirits at Alpine Pie Bar.